and welcome to Reflector Life, the podcast. I'm here to share stories, answer frequently asked questions about being a reflector in the human design system and about human design in general, as well as to talk about what's going on right now. And occasionally, we'll have a guest on to share as well. Thanks so much for being here. I'm your host, Amanda Prichelle, and this is a sliver of the experience of being human. Amplified. Welcome back. Right now, the moon is in gate 37, and 37 is family. It is kind of funny because earlier today, the moon was in gate 55, and I was feeling just very low um, in the morning, like really melancholy, and I kind of had the feeling like, what's the point of anything? Um, And then a little bit later on during the 55 transit, I went to the gym and moved around a little bit and was outside and I felt really, really high, like emotionally. Um, And so that was really interesting. I don't have gate 39, but just that 55, like passing through the moon, like took me for a ride. (laughs) So... Um, yeah, now it's in 37 and right after the moon went into 37, I realized we, um, we had plans to go to my partner's parents' place, um, because they had scheduled a gong bath at their house, um, which is a sentence that I never thought that I would say. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I'm really, really grateful, feeling really grateful for uh, my partner's family um, and the way that they've just embraced me. And um, it, it's, it's just interesting how that happened, you know, right when the, the moon went into gate 37 and Um, now I'm just kind of feeling that and feeling the gratitude, um, because I'm not, I haven't really been, um, very, very, um, involved with and engaged with my own family in my life. And I've become for better or for worse, very independent because of that. Um, so it's certainly been interesting, you know, he comes from a tighter knit family and being a part of that is is something that I'm not necessarily used to although um I love my family very much it's pretty disjointed and um just a lot of things going on there but anyway uh just a little little moon intro there (laughs) so um sometimes it's just interesting to look and see what is going on in your life and then look at the moon look at the transits look at the what's going on in your life look at the transits and just observing through the lens of the moon like what is going on and how am i feeling and how am i experiencing life right now it's it's really fascinating to observe um i've been observing the lunar cycles for years now and it never gets less surprising and fun to uh to observe and to 
um, to see how it's showing up in my reality. So, uh, speaking of the lunar cycle, <laughs> um, I want to mention that I am hosting a lunar cycle workshop on, uh, yeah, this week. So this week being the week that this podcast is being released. Um, so the lunar cycle workshop will be held on May 26th, which is a Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific time. Um, so signups for that, you can, I'll put the information in the show notes as well as, um, my Instagram bio link tree deal thing. Um, you can find it there as well. And yeah, it's going to be like one to one and a half hours. I'm going to go through the lunar cycle, the lunar cycle and how it all works. Um, because I would say that's one of my most frequently asked questions. Like, what do I do with the moon? Like, I'm a lunar being, but what does that mean? Um, and there's just, there's a lot of, like, confusion about it. And a lot of, um, just, yeah, it doesn't have to be so complicated. And our minds are you know, our heads are spinning trying to figure this out, but it's really not that complicated. Um, you know, you can go back and listen to my lunar cycle episode, which I believe is episode three and get a primer and then come to the workshop, um, bringing, yeah, printed out six, uh, 64 copies of your body graph. I recommend six per page. Um, and then, like a colored pencil or a crayon or something to um, color in because there are 64 gates and the moon moves through all 64 in a lunar cycle. So I I just want to host this workshop because I want it to be easier. I want it to be something that you don't stress about because that's totally beside the point. Um, and when I first started learning about the lunar cycle, I was stressing about it. I didn't know, like, I, I, I don't know, it didn't sink in for a while. Um, and when it really first sank in for me was when I sat down and colored uh, in the lunar transits on my body graph. And I was like, oh, okay, now I can see it. I have a visual. Wow, this is, this is the repeating cycle of the moon. So, yeah, come if you want to. Um I would love to have you there. If you're not able to make it live, there will also be a replay available. So come if you're confused or if you just want to color with us <laughs> um, and hang out with reflectors and just, um, yeah, get a question answered if you have one about the lunar cycle. All right. So I'm going to be talking today about questioning things in human design, questioning religion specifically. Um, this this uh, has been an interesting journey for me personally, and I'll give you like a slight bit of backstory. You can hear a lot more of my story in episode one, where I kind of introduce myself and where I've been and where I come from. Um, but just so you have a, an understanding a little bit of where I'm coming from, and then I want to talk about, yeah, the questioning of things 
and religion and, you know, what is the relationship like with religion that I have now um, and spirituality and how does that like, how does it work with uh, my design personally and just like the human design system in general? haven't listened to episode one um a little bit about me and where I come from um I grew up in a few different small towns in Minnesota in the midwestern United States and um there in that area it's very culturally uh normal to have you know some kind of relationship with Christianity, but specifically like evangelical, um, conservative Christianity. So, um, I grew up in that world. My family wasn't really involved in any particular denomination or anything like that. Um, but I did go to church on my own. I actually sampled many different denominations, um, of like Protestant churches. So that's a little bit about my backstory with religion. I chose to go on my own. Um, actually my parents, one time I got in trouble and my mom and my stepdad, um, they grounded me. They would not allow me to go to church. That was my punishment. (laughs) So, um, it was something that was really like, my whole life was wrapped up in like the this like system of beliefs and I really uh got involved in the first place because I wanted to make my life better than what I was seeing like happening around me and my family and what I was experiencing and so that's kind of how I got involved initially And, um, you know, it's kind of a strange relationship because the culture is so like, like the culture and the religion, uh, where I come from are so like intertwined. It even, even if you're not really like involved in a church, you're still like involved in that culture, which is very heavily influenced by, um, evangelical Christianity and that bleeds into politics. And so, um, it's, a it's an interesting, interesting, um, background. I think if you are also from the Midwest, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, and maybe you've also seen it on a movie. It's probably kind of like that. Um, lots of great things about the Midwest. And, uh, for me personally, this, um, this relationship with like faith and spirituality and religion, uh, was a, a very tumultuous one. (laughs) Um, so basically I, I think you, you get an idea of my background. Um, I was super involved in various churches. I like was confirmed in the Lutheran church, which, um, if you don't know what being confirmed is, it is like you go through when you're like in eighth grade, so you're like 14 years old or 13 or whatever, and you go through this like training, um, in order to like become, uh, like it's confirmed like your knowledge and understanding of like the, <clears throat> the, uh, 
creed of that particular denomination is like understood and you take a little test I think you have like a like a written test and then you like sit down with the pastor and like they ask you questions and you have like a verbal test as well um and we had a little ceremony and all of that but anyway (laughs) it's so funny to think about now I have not like talked about this like to anyone so I think maybe the amount of people who can relate to this episode might be small um but yeah this is where I'm coming from and yeah we'll just see we'll see what what comes out of my mouth next because I don't have a lot of plans I just uh have been thinking about this topic a lot so okay questioning things I started questioning things well as soon as I got involved in the church. Um, I saw a lot of things that didn't make sense to me, right? And then I also saw, like, I, I was like a little hypocrisy radar. And, like, in the most obnoxious way, I would, like, just see all of the hypocrisy uh, in the teachings uh, that I was reading about in the Bible uh, with the, the and I would compare them to you know, the people that I saw. And I was like, hey, you're supposed to believe in this, but you act like this. That doesn't make any sense. You're a hypocrite. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, sometimes when I talk about like reflectors as judges, it's like it can go really like wrong in a lot of ways. Um, And the thing is, as a kid, walking around judging people like I wasn't wrong like I wasn't wrong about what I was seeing like what I was seeing was actually true um it was kind of just the way that I was doing it that was like really fucking intense (laughs) so um yeah sorry to you if you if I ever oh man I don't know okay so like there's there's a lot I could say about that but um really I just, I always noticed how, like, people were not necessarily living according to what they claimed to believe, and I also noticed, like, a picking and choosing of, like, Bible verses uh, to, like, be used sort of out of context. So those were two things that I noticed, like, when I was young. Um, I ended up going to university at a Christian evangelical university um because I was questioning so many things and I was like first of all I want to get out of this small town um like any good punk rock band you know says like I just gotta get out of this town (laughs) Uh, um I hope somebody uh, enjoyed that that but anyway um I hope somebody else here also listened to like punk music when you were an angsty teenager um, I digress. So the other reason that I wanted to go was because I wanted to deepen my understanding of the theology among scholars. Like I wanted to be, I wanted to go deeper. Um, something that is a common theme in my life. Like if I end up getting really passionate about something, I like, I just want to swim into the deep end and learn everything and know everything. And um, that's kind of how I feel about human design, too. Like, I just feel like a 
sponge and I've been, you know, studying for all of these years and it's like, it comes, it comes in waves, you know, like sometimes I'm like in study mode because that feels really good. And then sometimes I'm just in like integration mode where it's almost like I forget in my mind consciously, like what I've learned, but I'm, I can feel that it's being like integrated into my body and like in the way that I'm living And so it's really interesting to like see that fluctuation. But anyway, I wanted to do that with, um, with my understanding of biblical theology, basically. So ironically, I'm just going to fast forward a little bit. Ironically, um, going to evangelical university was something that made me question, uh, everything about Christianity, basically, Um, because I was in classes with these, like, brilliant scholars who, like, could read and understand Hebrew and Greek and Aramaic, which are the languages the the Bible is written in, Um, and they were just, you know, they had been to Oxford and they had been to, like, you know, they, they all had PhDs in in this stuff, right, that I was, like, just really wanted to know more about, um, and I realized that a lot of the theology that I had learned in, in, like, where I grew up was kind of laughable, um, in the scholarly setting, and I was like, oh, this is really interesting, like, For example, um, I would say that where I'm from, and like, maybe this is specific to my family, but uh, there's a lot of like, the left behind books, like slipping into the consciousness of uh, everyday people's theology. And so when I was in a class, like learning about the end, you know, times and all the different ideas um, about what the Bible has to say about the end times. Um, I got really into eschatology, which is (laughs) the study of the end times. And anyway, so in this study, I realized that, you know, this idea, this, okay, there's going to be a rapture and it's going to look like this. And there's going to be like one person one antichrist, as they say, like, Rooney, you know, leading the world and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so I, I don't know. I'm just, so many things are coming to mind um, when I think about this that make me cringe, I guess. <laughs> but I basically saw that, that a lot of the things that I had learned were, like, really a stretch in terms of interpretation of what the Bible actually had to say and that they really, like a lot of the things that people believe are commonplace in the knowledge where I come from are actually um, not even in the Bible at all. So I'm going to get out of this, this hole that I've talked myself into about university by saying I really just started questioning a lot of the beliefs 
And I took this questioning with me to family members back home because I was like, you guys, we've been doing it wrong all along. Like, this doesn't actually make sense. Like, there's a reason why it felt wrong in my body. Like, there's a reason why I was always, like, questioning why, you know, why do people believe like this? Like, how do you get that interpretation? Blah, blah, blah. Well, my family uh, did not take it very well, particularly one side of my family. Um, and, but, but I was still living my like good girl life. I was still living, um, I was married at the time. Like I got married shortly after I graduated university at 21 years old. Um, and I, um, you know, I just, I wasn't pushing it too far and I was still involved in a church. So I think everyone was kind of like, oh, Amanda, you know, she's kind of like her, her theology is a little bit dangerous, but you know, as long as she's still being good and whatever, I don't think anyone consciously thought that, but you know, anyway, so then I, you know, years later got divorced, went through a whole reckoning with like what does my life mean now because I thought my life was completely planned out and I had a lot of shame to deal with I had a lot of just I had a big mess to deal with um and I dealt with like a lot of low lows because basically the whole world that I had known to be true was shattered in front of me um all of the beliefs that I had about the world kind of ended when my marriage ended, really. Um, that was the beginning of it. And um, kind of like the year leading up to the time when the divorce happened, I had started doing yoga, like a lot of yoga for the first time. And I... <laughs> came into my body in a way that I had not ever um, before and really felt my body waking up and there was a lot of grief and a lot of just pain in my body that, you know, that was kind of the reason why I didn't go there, I think, before, you know, I was kind of checked out in a lot of ways, I realized when I started doing yoga, um, yeah, basically shit started falling apart when I started doing yoga because I was starting to feel things again. Things were starting to wake up. Energy was moving. It was really intense. Um, I remember being in a pigeon pose and just like losing my shit, like crying. I could not stop crying. Um, and anyway, so this waking up of my body, uh, honestly, because it was too much, it felt like it was too much too soon. Um, it, it more or less led to like all the things that led to me getting a divorce. And, um, you know, even when I was doing yoga, like I was kind of secretly doing yoga because, it was really frowned upon in some circles that I went around in because, um, yeah, basically because, you know, its origins were being questioned and it's like, oh, like if you're moving these poses, like 
you're saluting the sun and you're like worshiping something that isn't God and like that's evil and sinful and whatever. But I was kind of like, I'm in love with this. Like I, I don't, I, I can't, I can't stop. Like, I don't know how to stop because I love it so much. It feels so good. I'm starting to feel alive, whatever. Um, and that waking up of my body also started like making me question things. Cause I was like, if something makes me feel this good, like, how could it be? How, like, how could it be evil? Like what in the world, you know? So, um, I, I kind of embraced it and beyond my divorce, I would say that the questioning deepened. It deepened even more. And I lost a lot of the people that were in my life previously. Um, I, I stopped going to the church that uh, we had gone to before the divorce because we had gone to them for help and they basically ignored us, even though their sermon series at the time was uh, marriage, strong marriages. Oh my God, I cannot get over the irony. Um, but anyway, a lot of you know, even after the divorce, I remember encountering people that I knew from the church on the street. Um, it happened twice that someone actually, like, pretended like they didn't see me and, like, put their head down and, like, crossed to the other side of the street um, in the city that I lived in and, like, just to, like, avoid talking to me, I think, because it was too um, uncomfortable and, you know, a few friends of mine reached out and they were like, hey, like, so-and-so is asking about you. Like, they want to know what happened and blah, blah, blah. Like, people got really, really nosy, but they didn't ever, like, call me or message me to check in to see, like, if I was doing okay or if I needed anything. Like, it was all suddenly just like, oh, Amanda, like, failed. And Amanda is, like, a scandal. And, um, you know that finding out who your friends are thing really applied to me there. Um, I basically stopped trusting anyone because a lot of people that I thought, you know, were like friends or at least like good acquaintances uh, were the ones doing the gossiping. And I was just like, wow, you know, you guys proclaim to care so much and and, and, and you don't because you're not asking me how I am. You're asking so-and-so, like, for all the juicy details that you think might exist. Uh, anyway, so, um, basically from there to fast forward again in, like, my own personal questioning, uh, of things, I worked for a while. I tried to get through my days, um, I was pretty, like, situationally depressed. Um, I would drag myself to work and drag myself back to the couch, and just, that was pretty much my life for a long time until the divorce was finalized. Um, and, uh, yeah, lots of pain. Um, at some point, I realized, like, I'm, like, I need to not 
be in this state anymore. Um, so I ended up booking a one-way flight to Europe, quit my job, sold all my stuff, left my apartment. And yeah, I don't, honestly don't know how it worked because I didn't, like, I really didn't have enough money for that. Um, but yeah, basically I left and when I was in Europe, um, traveling, I ended up meeting people, you know, as you do when you're backpacking alone, you end up meeting people. I was couch surfing at the time because I really had not much money at all. Um, and didn't know what I was doing and all, you know, all the things that we do when our life falls apart and like we get a one-way ticket somewhere, right? So, um, I was meeting a lot of people and like just gaining a lot of perspectives and I ended up telling like a few people, oh, like I'm getting a divorce and whatever. That's why I'm here because I just couldn't be in that place anymore. Um, something really interesting, like a little side note about that. I used to kind of feel like, oh, I'm running away from something. I should just stay. Um, but actually, as someone who's mountains environment, um, it's actually good for me, I think, to, uh, to get away in order to have a better perspective of the situation. Um, so if you're Elsa Mountains, I don't know, that could help you out. Um, so during that time, you know, I decided that I was going to move to South Korea, basically, while I was backpacking in, in Europe. And so I went back to the U.S. I had like a hundred dollars left. <laughs> um, so, so irresponsible, but like I, looking back, like I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, I got a job. Well, I did my, like, certification to teach English as a foreign language and, like, did my practicum and stuff. So, like, I worked, you know, I, I observed, like, and helped out in a kindergarten and an adult class. Um, and then I uh, got certified, applied, and got a job in South Korea. So, I, as I went to South Korea... Um, I started questioning things even more because then again, I was faced with this new culture and new, you know, just ways of doing things. Um, Korea is traditionally a Buddhist country. So, um, you know, Buddhism and Confucianism have had quite an, you know, they're, they're quite foundational to, um, elements of the culture. And anyway, um, just very different. I mean, Korea, is a very different place than the U.S. Um, and even different than many of the other countries that I had been to, um, traveling to and stuff. So, you know, just another like layer peeled back of like, oh, wow, when I am seeing myself in this new culture, I'm becoming really, really aware of the culture that I come from on a much deeper level and I was able to identify a lot of my own like cultural conditioning because when you're in a new country and you're living and working there uh you have to figure it out you know you like things would come up and I would be like oh my gosh I can't believe she just did that like I think that was so rude and then I would have to question it like actually 
rude is really subjective based on culture. And I was like, oh, okay. And through that lens, I, I realized, you know, all of these elements of my own culture and um, recognized that um, kind of bringing it back to the whole like religion thing. Um, I realized really that how much like Christianity um, and evangelical Christianity and like its messy mix with politics um, influenced a lot in the culture that I grew up in. Um, Yeah, so uh, I think I was in my third year of living in Korea when I really started diving into shadow work um, and self-hypnosis because I was realizing so many things so quickly and I needed to somehow process them and a friend recommended a program and that I did and anyway so in the shadow work I started realizing like oh okay like I have a lot of shame um, because of these things that happened when I was a kid and um, this is you know shadow shadow work is really seeing the parts of yourself that you've rejected and loving them again and bringing them into the light and being like hey like for whatever reason I hid you away because I thought you were bad and you were gonna send me to hell or something um let me take you back in and and integrate you back into into like the fold here (laughs) because really um all, all parts of humanity live in any, anyone and everyone. And, um, yeah, that was a really, really important process for me. I think it's really important for everyone. So that was like really when I would say that I deeply started unlearning what I had been taught that really wasn't for me. And, that process lasted a while and that is the very fertile ground where human design came into my life and just like would not leave me alone the point that i'm getting to and rambling on about my personal story so much is the thing that happens when human design comes into our life We question everything, maybe, okay? Like, maybe we start to question what is me and what is my conditioning? And how much of the conditioning is harming me? Um, And by conditioning right now, I'm referring to, like, cultural and societal programming that we've received from the time that we were born that told us who we should be and how we should be in order to receive love, in order to receive, you know, uh, food, shelter, all those things from our parents, um, and all the things that we, you know, that the implications that that has for us growing up and, and, um, you know, how we are expected to be based on so many things, based on, uh, assigned gender at birth, based on, um, 
you know, who our parents are based on like what our parents want for us, what our teachers want for us, what other people around us uh, say is normal, blah, 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 blah. So uh, when human design comes into your life, like inevitably, if you're really going to go into it, you're going to start questioning things a little bit. So like in my case, I had already been through a very long, arduous, slow process of questioning things, um, including questioning the religious beliefs that I was, you know, that were kind of instilled in me that I like went searching for uh, when I was searching for something, anything to believe in when I was a kid. Um, all of that I had been questioning for many years and unlearning for many years before I found human design. But then when I found human design or I guess when human design just came into my life and wouldn't leave me alone, <laughs> um, yeah, it it made so much more sense um, and actually led me to an even greater questioning of of those beliefs like at a deeper level in in my in my psyche I guess uh, because so many of the things that I learned in my uh, upbringing were like directly like going against how I'm designed to operate and I could always feel that something was not right in the way that you know I was operating I was always thinking something's wrong with me because I have such a hard time being the way that I'm supposed to be air quotes around supposed to when I found human design like during this time and as I started experimenting with it and learning more about my specific design as a 2-4 reflector on the Cross of Eden uh, with all of my specific gates and, and everything, I actually felt very um, empowered to create boundaries where I, where I hadn't had boundaries in the past. And I also felt more emboldened to be honest with everyone about who I was because I finally felt like I had this permission to do so by learning more about who I actually was and, you know, who I was designed to be um, as, you know, a reflector, as a 2-4, as, you know, with everything that all the way down to the very roots of who I am, I had this language and this understanding that, okay, like the way that I've felt all my life, like it makes a lot more sense now. And it wasn't that it became easy because it certainly didn't, but um, I started becoming more, I guess, just clear about what I was okay with, what I was not okay with, um, what I needed from my environment um, and that I needed respect. I needed to be respected for being myself. So 
Yeah, like this process, it didn't, I don't think it even started when I found human design. It started before that um, because all of these things happened in my life that were leading me to this point where I was kind of ready to receive that because I wouldn't have been ready to receive something like human design um, before. (laughs) I just, I wouldn't have been ready. Um, You know, a lot of the shadow integration was really a process of me starting to come to acceptance of um, different qualities that were a big part of who I am. And um, yeah, so basically when I when I um, started being more honest with myself, I was able to be more honest with others. Um, I started sharing more freely about like who I was and what I was okay with and what I was not okay with. And, um, I, yeah, like family members did not react well to boundaries that I had to create, that I knew that I had to create because, um, just because of how I'm designed and like what I realized, um, was causing issues in my life. And yeah, so relationships changed because of boundaries, um, especially boundaries that were not taken well. Um, and then I remember posting something, um, on Instagram that then like went to Facebook and my family's on Facebook and, um, it it was something about, you know, something vague about me, uh, and my life. And I don't even remember what I wrote in that post, but I got a really long message from my grandmother who, um, I mean hadn't, you know, I hadn't heard from her for a while. So kind of, it seemed like it was out of the blue and she sent me a really long message, um, that was like really, really disrespectful, honestly. Um, because it was like going on about how I'm going down the wrong path and I'm probably like, essentially I'm probably going to hell if I don't change my ways. And, she has no choice but to reach out to me to tell me this because um, she loves me. And I was like, wow, okay. So this, I mean, this message was really, really long. Um, But I just realized then, I mean, after I kind of calmed down from receiving this really long message about like, hey, like you're going to hell. And this was years ago at a time where I still was really sensitive to things like that. Um, if someone told me like, you're going to hell today, I would, you know, I would laugh because that just doesn't affect me anymore. But at the time it really affected me. Um, and I just felt so like not seen as a person and I certainly felt not loved. Um, and so I think, this questioning of, of religion and, and the interpretation of what, you know, spiritual texts mean and the rules that humans have created based on spiritual concepts. Um, I, I started to see that, that this is not love at all. This is not what love is. And, um, and yet, you know, when I received that message, it was, you know, supposed to be in the name of love. And the thing is, like, 
I really don't even know what she was referring to because she never said like, you know, hey, these are the specific things I'm concerned of, you know, whatever. Um, it was just so nonspecific. And when I asked for specifics, like, what are you talking about? Because there are plenty of things that, that someone could burn me at the stake for, but I'm curious what you specifically <laughs> want to uh, burn me for. And, um, you know, I don't, uh, in saying that, I'm just thinking of all of the people who were tried as witches and found guilty in and the deep dark history um that has been in the church and you know there's i mean there's a lot that's wrapped up in that the control of of women particularly by men um anyway i i'm not going to go down that that rabbit hole right now but i just I want to acknowledge that I can laugh at this now and in the past, like, it wasn't a laughing matter, right? So, basically, like, you know, human design and finding human design and the questioning of everything that had been leading up to that and, you know, then having sort of this language and this map of my energy my or my lack thereof that yeah just I don't know it made me just feel so seen and um basically I I kind of wanted to share this because I used to say like oh you know like religion and human design have nothing to do with each other like they're not mutually exclusive um but I will say that if you are choosing to practice um a religion or engage in traditions um human design does tend to make you question the interpretation like more so because you then have to check in with your body you have to check in with yourself to see if that is right for you and I know that you know when I grew up trusting the body was considered like something really evil and sinful actually because they would say like oh the body you know the idea is like the body was um dangerous and the body could lead us to sin and um yeah the body there's a lot of fear around the body and oh man trusting the body and trusting yourself was seen as like dangerous dangerous concept so there's no way that I could learn to trust myself learn to understand myself and love myself and continue to engage in in the world that I came from at least um are there religions, traditions, spirituality, practices that um, are, are truly built on loving yourself? Probably. I suppose so. Um, I have a hard time going into systems and not questioning them, um, especially as a reflector, uh, especially with my particular design. So 
I, I guess I wanted to share this. I wanted to talk about this because, um, and there just, there needs to be an acknowledgement that, yeah, it, this is really difficult. And, um, some people are dealing with, you know, families getting involved and families feeling really upset that you're not you know, living out your conditioning anymore and that you have certain boundaries now or you just make different choices now. You do uh, something different than than you have before and your family is like not okay with it um, because you've been codependent or something like that. Um, You're not alone. And, And I think that it's part of the process Um, and then I just quickly will share one little story, um, about a family member. I'm trying to not name names, but, um, just in case, (laughs) but, um, a family member has, you know, who, another different family member who has told me that I'm going to hell years ago, um, has like continuously reminded me that I'm on the wrong path and that I'm a black sheep and I don't fit and the family doesn't know what to do with me because I'm so strange and different and blah, 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 blah. Um, this person has never, that I can remember, asked me for advice in my life. But I've always just, you know, since I you know, I was out of contact for a while with this person. We came back into contact. Um, I had different boundaries. She didn't really like them that much, but I was like, well, this is what it is. You know, I'm not going to continue to live out those patterns, um, that we used to, you know, whatever. Years went by, (laughs) years passed where there was a lot of resistance to, yeah, just who I am, who I actually am. Um, and the fact that I wasn't living out so much of my conditioning anymore. Um, but the other day I got a message from this person who actually asked for my advice, um, which was shocking to me. And we had a conversation, but the, The point that I'm making, (laughs) that I'm trying to make here is you never know, like, even if it's really difficult right now, um, you never know, like, when the other person will be liberated, you know, from, like, the thing that they're stuck in, like, if they're worried about, you know, they're all upset because you're no longer having this, like, codependent you know, relationship with them or whatever, because you've now created boundaries around it. Uh, just for example, I'm sure that there are thousands of different, really, you know, millions, billions of different relationship configurations out there. But um, I, I tend to speak from my own experience. Uh, what I'm trying to say is there is hope. Um, there is hope for things to change. Um even if you totally reject everything that your family has ever believed and continue to question it day after day, <laughs> like myself. Um, 
just a little note. Um, I just want to be clear that I am not, I'm not suggesting that anyone, you know, give up a practice or give up their religion or, um, let go of their current spiritual beliefs. Um, but I just, I'm just acknowledging the questioning and the kind of like, uh, the shattering of the life that you thought you would have, you know, if you start to question a lot and, and once you kind of start to, uh, see different things fall away and, and see things more clearly through the lens of, yeah, knowing yourself and knowing what's right for you, um, by trusting your body and loving yourself. So anyway, um, there, there's, you know, it's really up to your strategy and authority, what you're going to engage in. And, and that's, that's that. Um, this is just me sharing my personal journey, um, and sharing it, you know, with anyone who might relate, um, in mind. So, yeah. And then also, you know, it's, it's, um, it's going to just be different for every person. And, and, um, so I don't know, trust your, trust your authority. (laughs) I thank you guys for hanging out with me. Um, keep questioning things. Um, another little side note, I am, yeah, I, my trajectory is anti-theist. So you can also keep that in mind as you listen to this. Um, I do believe, you know, in a higher power. I do believe in God. It's just very, 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 very different from what, um, in certain interpretations, uh, of a certain religious text, um, taught me how to believe. So with that, I leave you. I'll see you next time. Thanks for hanging out. Bye guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with me in this episode of Reflector Life, the podcast. Please feel free to leave a review, share with a friend, or send in a voice message to have your question featured on a future episode. Again, my name is Amanda Purcell. You can find me at amandapurcell.com or at Reflector Life on Instagram. See you next time. Much love.